good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Good to see you out at Coastal. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Yeah, good to have you out here. You know, I said this first service that, uh, first of all, if you're first time here uh, experiencing Coastal, we're so glad you're here. Give it up for them. Give them a warm welcome. And I'm Pastor Stephen, and uh, there's one thing that uh, Pastor Tiffin and I do not take for granted, and that is every week we know you don't have to come. And uh, we're just honored that we're in your presence every time we get to be with you each week. You could choose to do any other thing in life, and uh, you're coming out hanging out with us here. And, and uh, as Pastor Tiffany said, we just started a new series last week called This Is Us. And uh, it is a stem from the uh, TV series, This Is Us, that uh, uh, we'll get into here in just a little bit. But last week, if you were with us, let me see how many hands were maybe here last week and enjoyed the services last week. Man, it was so powerful. Uh, what we did is we provided a panel of uh, uh, just some couples that uh, had experienced life. And they kind of gave us an example of how, you know, they are where they are. One of those couples who's very dear to me is my in-laws. My father and mother-in-law who are here with us right here. If y'all don't mind standing. Dad, can you and mom stand up real quick? Honor them in the house this morning. Good to have them here. 60 years in the making of marriage this year. So uh, anybody got... Never mind. Never mind. I'm just, that's, just a, that's a spot to be in, trust me. And uh, uh, Then we had Lynn and Theresa and their uh, son-in-law and daughter that was Beth and David. And... Uh, we talked about it so much after that day um, because it was such a, a good panel of answering maybe some questions about how they had got to where they were, how, what the mainstay was in their life. And, and uh, we wish we had had more opportunity and time to let you hear some of the backstory of their success because you didn't get to hear a whole lot of that. And some of the backstory and is, and this is what we're really going to focus on today. Uh, we're going to be intentional about maybe hitting some buttons of emotionalism in our life. Some pains and some places where it might have been devastated. Some uh, disappointments that you might have experienced. Uh, you know, maybe some hurts that are there. And, uh, you know, as Christians, if we're not careful, especially uh, word of faith, uh, you know, the scripture says that this is the word of faith which we preach. Every church is preaching the word of faith for the majority, all right? Each one has its own flavor. Each one kind of has its really own message that God puts on it to do. And, and ours really is a life of faith. That we believe even the impossible is possible to the man or the woman that will believe. And uh, we stress a lot of that. We, you know, a lot of our messages that we come out to you with is a message of faith. That we just believe that all things are possible. And that what the word says will happen. And, and that we don't back down on those things. And... But I found this out as Christians, if we're not careful, we can stretch that message, or not stretch it, but stress that message so much that we forget that sometimes it's beneficial. Everybody say beneficial. beneficial. To maybe get down in the dirt where somebody is because they can't get out there where they can believe that the impossible is possible for them because of the, where their life is right now. They just can't see that. And if we're not careful, we'll jump, keep jumping past them and, and leave them behind. And, and that's just, me, to me, that's just ungodly. Because Jesus came to the broken first. Remember the man that was at, the, we talked about here all last month, the man that was at the pool of Bethesda. He went to the broken man and healed him. But after he healed him, he approached him and returned to him later. And he said that, okay, now that you're healed, now go do something. Don't sin no more. So there's both sides to the picture. 
And when I think about my mother-in-law and father-in-law and, and I look at their life, I've had the privilege to see the uh, part that you've not seen. And there was extreme devastation in their life. There was a lot of hurt and pain in their life. Some that some of you would say, how in the world are you even standing? How can you be saying, God, Jesus? You see, they welcomed Jesus into their life. Instead of allowing life to define them, they defined their life by how they responded to it. And if we're not careful, we'll allow hurts and pains to do that for us. They will begin to define us. And, and um, I wanted to start this moment, this part where we're together right here. I wanted to start it with a scripture. Because you're gonna, we're going to look at David. Man, when I read this scripture, I'm like, man, I can relate to that one big time. And it's in Psalm verse 40, chapter 40, verses 11 and 12. And, and um, when you read this, you see the heart of David, how he cries out, reaches out to God. But at the same time, he's very honest about what he's feeling and where he is. And, and can I be very honest with you? I don't think I would lie to you anyway, but that feelings are there. You're going to have them. It's a part of you that God's given you. And so many times we try to get people to ignore their feelings. I get it. We're not moved by our feelings, but they still are there. But if we respond to them in a way that's biblical and respond to them out of the Word, then we can move to a place where that impossible will be a victory in our life. Listen to this scripture. It's very powerful. Now God, this is David now, and I kind of always put myself into it. If, I don't know if you do that or not, but uh, I try to just not read surface scripture. I try to get into it where it's, uh, hey, make this thing relate to me. David says, now God, don't hold out on me. Don't hold back your passion. Your love and truth are all that keeps me together. <laughs> now here's how, he, he gives kind of the backup of that. He says, look, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm feeling. Let me really be transparent with you, Father. When troubles gauge, gang up on me, <laughs> a mob of sins past counting, I was so swamped by guilt, I couldn't see my way clear. More guilt in my heart than hair, the hair on my head. Oh, listen to this. So heavy the guilt that my heart gave out. David's transparent here. David knows where to go, but David is also expressing that, hey, look, man, I've hurt, I've had some pain. And if you know life, the life of David, the scripture says he, had, he was a man after God's own heart. Well, my gosh, you've got to go read his story. The guy made some royal mess-ups that actually changed the course of where you and I are today because of those mess-ups. But look at this, and, and I asked this question, and if it's okay, I'd like to ask you this question because I ask it for myself. How many in this room, be honest with yourself and be honest with those around you? Because I'm going to ask you to get involved with me right now, just by a simple show of a hand. How many in this room you've ever experienced devastation, disappointment, hurt, or pain? Let me see your hand. Keep your hands up. Look around you. If there, if you can put your hands down. All of us in here raised our hand. Maybe somebody didn't because maybe they're experiencing so much right now that they can't even raise their hand. Well, that's who we want to talk to. But if that mo the majority of us, the majority of us are saying that I've experienced devastation, the loss, I, mean, I remember when my mom passed away. It was devastating to me. 
very young, not at the, the wrong time of life as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to have her here with me. There's not a day that I don't think about her. Her birthday was this month on February the 3rd. And if I'm not careful, I can allow myself to go to that place of emotion and respond to it out of the emotion and not respond to it out of the hope that I have that there's a day that I'll return and see she can't come back to me, but I can return to her. I will return to her. And man, I'm telling you, she's watching down from the grandstands cheering me on right now. You see, the life that came to me is not defining my life. My life and how I respond to it is defining where my life is going. And so the reason I said that, I ask you that question, unless we deal with pain properly, what will happen is we will come to a place where that pain will accumulate so much in our heart that something happens to you. And here's what happens. I kind of wrote this down. It says, the accumulating pain and unresolved, this is just kind of my own interpretation of that, accumulating pain and unresolved problems will compromise your mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual health, and it will affect every single area of your life. So if we're not willing to confront it, where else would we rather confront this? I am not coming to you today, and I'm going to push some buttons. I'm excited about today. You know why I'm so excited? Because I actually get to team up with my best teammate, and that's my wife in the house. And uh, we're just better together. Come on, give it up for Pastor Tiffany this morning. So excited. I look forward to, this is our series where we come and we do family you know, just we focus on the family and, and we, thought, we thought that this would be better. We didn't fight. We thought this would be better. Let's really talk about who this is. This is us at Coastal Family Church. We want to take you to a place at the end of this service where we land you in a place where you know who you are when you walk out. But if we're not careful, we'll ignore something that affected every single one in this room. And that is the pains of life. And I want to come to the place where I, I, I kind of look at this. I said, you know what? We all deal with devastation. We all deal with hurts and pains and disappointments, right and wrong. And if we're honest, we've all dealt with it wrongly. We've all got consequences to the choices that we made that we probably wish we're not walking in maybe right now. But you don't have to stay there. It doesn't have to define you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment right now. As Pastor Tiffany said, we are looking into the show, the TV series, This Is Us. So we're going to take a moment right now and we're going to watch a clip together. And we're going to get into the life of Jack and Rebecca. And they come to a place in their life and, and that, where they are kind of facing a threshold of their life of pain. And I believe as you watch this clip, you just might see, maybe we can get a spiritual principle from it. That we can respond to life differently. We're not going to be Jack and we're not going to be Rebecca. And you're going to see that the pain that they are experiencing can define one element of pain. But I believe there's a bunch of other elements of pain that we've all experienced that maybe we'll be able to identify together this morning. And once we do, we'll find out how to come out of it. Watch this clip with me. If anybody needs tissues, we have them somewhere in the, in the house. <laughs> I've watched that multiple times now and it hits a soft spot in my heart and I believe it's because I've learned to be honest with some things in my life that's why I'm able to stand in front of 500 people every single weekend is because I've learned to be transparent with myself and with my God and I'm not perfect at it trust me uh, really I'm not here's our goal this is our goal today and if I can 
move away from accepting pain and devastation and hurt and disappointment, moving away from it to where I'm not accepting it in such a way that it defines or paralyzes me. That's my goal today. That's our goal. This is us. We want to be able to face off with it, face off with it in such a way that that, I don't know if you've ever experienced a paralyzing feeling because of what somebody's done to you, or maybe you've done something to someone else. I would venture to say we all have. But it's that spot that I need something bigger than me, something bigger than, uh, I don't know, self, to take me to a place where I can, man, I can see the other side. I love the scripture where Jesus was, you know, told the disciples to get into the boat and they need to go over to another place. And he says, let's go on to the other side. And it's interesting, once he said that, it's when they faced the storm, greatest storm in a boat they'd ever faced. Typhoon in its example of the type of storm that it was. It's where Peter got on the water, all of that. But Jesus' faith was declared when he said, come on, I'm going on to the other side. So why don't you say that with me this morning? Say, look, you know what? Matter of fact, don't look at me. Look at somebody and say, you know what? I'm going on to the other side. Now, you might not feel like you can do that right now, but we're going to help you. How? Well, if I look at the life of Jack and what he was experiencing right there, <clears throat> he had this place of guilt and shame on his life for what he had done to his family. And in that place of guilt and shame, it's interesting, um, the way he was going to deal with that was he wanted to get off to himself. How many of us, how many times have we gone to that place that we would say, I can deal with this. Listen, just let me deal with this. I'll get over it. I'm a man. I can do this. And you're on the 20th time of saying you're going to do it, but you still keep trying to do it on your own. The reason I want to say something about that, maybe confront that, is because sometimes you're your worst enemy. And the worst enemy is yourself because we've said it over here and I'll say it over and over again a thousand times that uh, the, the number one deception or tactic of the enemy is to get you out there and to get you alone on an island and to feel like you can beat whatever. In, in, in Jack's life, it was, you know, drinking and you know, what happens is sometimes we get out there and we try to self-medicate the pain and the hurt and still try to deal with it on our own. And, and you know how we do that sometimes? Sometimes we do that for, through multiple relationships other than maybe the one that we're with. And this isn't about being married in, in a marriage life. This is relationally with people. We're afraid to face off with people because you're still hurting inside yourself. You know what? I could sit here and be honest with you. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, I, I can relate to the drinking thing. I really can. I, I had some issues with that before I came to Christ, before Jesus really made the difference in my life. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I don't know if I was trying to self-medicate with it, but I just, it was, it was, I was kind of a, a binge guy. I was all in, no matter what I'm doing. Thank God I'm all in with Jesus now. It's not an issue. It's, it's something that I've overcome and I've beat in my life, but but I can tell you that I have that potential to be that one-on-one, -on -one, only me, I can do this, I can beat this. And that's good in a sense. But it's not when it comes to beating the thing that's hurting us the most. I would say this, that 
many of us have 90% things are going okay. But there's 10% maybe that is still hurting something that's back there in the backside. And look, I am not telling you that I want to go into all of your past and dig up every hurt and every pain that you have. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying we might have to be honest with it. But it can be that 10% that can, that can really stop life from moving forward in your life. And let's don't be like Jack in a sense where I've got to do this on my own. I love the fact that we, we say it in this church multiple, all the time, we're better together. And guess what? Jack was better with Rebecca in his life. You know, um, I love this scene with Rebecca. <laughs> One thing that I love about it is um, she makes this statement where she said, we both had dreams. And you know, um, whether it's a spouse or a husband and wife or whether it's a parent or a child or whether it's a best friend or a relationship, you know, we all have these expectations of how we think relationships are going to flow. And, you know, you go into it with these expectations, and she says, you know, I had dreams, and you had dreams, but we gave them up for a bigger dream. And, you know, the only thing that I know that shame and guilt is met with is forgiveness and second chances. The only way to ever, to ever conquer shame and guilt is through forgiveness and second chances. Hmm. And she... She got in that car after the original time that Jack had left, and she went and knocked on that door. What I, what I love about her knocking on that door is people spend years and years of their life pointing fingers. They spend years of their life trying to blame somebody for the place that they're in in their current situation. We... we we want to blame somebody for our financial situation, for the way our marriage is, for the way our kids turned out, for the way we turned out. We want to blame our parents for what they did wrong, our spouse for what they did wrong, our kids for not acting right. And we can spend so much of our lifetime blaming other people. Or we can take all of that pain and all of that disappointment and all of the things that could make us bitter and angry and resentful and we can bring second chances and grace and mercy and forgiveness to it. What I love about Rebecca is she didn't just knock at the door once. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I put myself in that position, man, if Jack would have told me all of that and closed the door, I might have said, this is my chance out. So many times in our life we're looking for a way out that's not the God way out. It says that God's provided a way of escape. We don't provide our own way. And so many times we're looking for a way out and God's provided you a way in with his mercy and his love and his grace and his forgiveness. And what Rebecca did was she offered that to Jack. And here's one thing I know about relationships. Not just husband and wife, but with your kids, with your parents, with your friends. Is that the only thing that makes a relationship work is the breath of forgiveness and uncommon grace. I can tell you right now, Pastor Tiffany, if I shut the door in her face, she would not just be knocking. <laughs> she would be pushing that door down, buddy. And I'm, I'm blessed to have that in my life. Some of you might not have that, and I'm grateful to have it. But when I think about this story, it, 
it always takes me back to, man, it's more emotional this time than it was last time. It always takes me to a, how maybe a story I had to live in my life. And uh, I got a great dad. He's a wonderful man. He still lives here. We've got a wonderful relationship now. He's an amazing man, human being. And he always means good in who he is and his actions. And, and he, he has a way of, of just, man, making you love him more. But it wasn't always that way. You see, he wasn't ever in my life. He could be right down the street, but he wasn't in my life. Never came to a ball game. Never came to a birthday party. That's why I, I guess birthdays aren't that big to me now. And he always chose other relationships other than his kids. And if I'm not careful, I can allow that emotion and have every right of doing so of in, in, in the natural sense of understanding some things to be resentful and to be bitter and to be that person that just doesn't want to be in his presence and uh, you know he just had open not open heart uh, open knees well, not open knee knee replacement I guess they had to open it to do it he had knee replacement surgery this week and, and uh, you know we me and the brothers and sisters and half brothers and sisters I have and family we were all around him and, and just to see his person his soft side which you don't see much of him he's a man's man but you see I came to a knowledge of how he was raised he didn't know any better and when it comes to raising kids it doesn't necessarily come with a book I mean it comes with a bible come on if you got kids anybody got kids in here they're not always coming with a book how to raise and but he did the best he knew how I guess but it, just, it made me think of this scripture and I want to share it with you because it, it, it messes with me every time I used to read the scripture and it's out of Matthew chapter 5, and it's, I believe it's verse 4, and we're going to put it up on the screen for you. And it's out of the New Living, and it reads this way. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I can identify with, for they will be comforted. But it's that first part of that that kind of messes with me a little bit. Blessed, God blesses those who mourn. And can I be, again, straight up with you? And, and I think you would identify with this. Anytime I've experienced devastation, disappointment, or hurt, I didn't feel like I was being blessed. If anything, I felt like that God, like David, we read, was so much farther away from me at times. And it's because I didn't maybe necessarily understand what was being said in this scripture, but, uh, you know, it hurts when, when you experience things that occur in your life that maybe you didn't cause, and, and maybe you did, but most of the time we feel like we didn't cause them, and, and, and we need some, help me, Lord, with this. And, yeah. and I had to go to dig this thing up a little bit more and find out what was being said when he said, Blessed are those that mourn. And I found it, I got it, and I think it might help you. Here's what it means in the sense of being paraphrased. Blessed are those that turn their pain towards God, for their pain will be validated, understood, and healed. If we're being honest, because we have real emotion and we have real pain and, and people disappoint us and we feel rejected at times, and we, we're just looking for, man, I need my feelings to be validated because they're real. I need you to understand, this guy did this to me and this uh, family member did this to me. This, you know, maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you've got multiple relationships behind you and, and you're having to maybe work through all the consequences of that. And, but you're a human being still and you're still a God 
divine purpose on your life. And you still have, I believe with all my heart that we don't necessarily do things because we're bad people. I just think we just make wrong choices. And ultimately what I'm looking for is I want some kind of validation to these things that I'm experiencing. And ultimately I want to get to a place where I'm healed. And well, I guess I've come to that place in my relationship with my dad that I understand him now. I understand him enough that I'm not expecting anything from me. And it's funny, people try, people try to get me to validate the feelings that I, I'm, I missed out. I don't feel like I missed out. Sorry. I feel like I'm a better person because of maybe what you would say I missed out on. Because I'm responding to life differently. I'm taking life by the horns and I'm saying, you know what, this is my life and this is who I am. This is us at Coastal Family Church. We're not going to allow people to define us. We're going to make sure that God defines me and His Word is what defines me. And when I come to that place in life, you know, I'm realizing that God cares about my pain more than anybody else and there is nothing that I could ever do to make Him reject me. You know, one thing that I know about God is He is not rejecting us. That from the very beginning of time, he had planned to send his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us. And so many times, you know, I wrote this down. It says it seems as though restoration is from within our reach. It seems that we look around at other people around us and we can't see the pain that they're experiencing. You know, there's probably people sitting all over this room and you're thinking, you don't know what I've been through. And it seems as though, you know... I've thought so much about my own parents, and Pastor Stephen alluded to it earlier, but I thought, you know, you were all so precious after last weekend sending us texts after texts about how much you loved the people up here and how much you appreciated them. And I, and I, and I, I thought about it, I thought, what you love is that they made it. Come on. What you love is that after 60 years, they're still crazy about each other. What I want you to know is that their life was not without heartache. Their life was not without pain or disappointment. Sometimes we're so easy to think that God cannot restore us. That God cannot do for me what he's done for them. And I don't have the freedom to share all other things that I even thought this morning. I thought about my dad. This is before I was born, but they had two small children. And my dad was a believer. And he was moving up in a company. And a man came in and fired him just because he was a Christian. And so, so we, we look at them and we look at the way my dad said he loves to touch my mom. <laughs> we all thought that was great. And we, we look at things like that. But you don't realize that that's year after year after year of forgiveness. It's year after year after year of serving Christ and putting God things first. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says this. It says, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. (laughs) He's been through weakness and testing. He experienced it all. All but the sin. Don't you love that part? So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. 
Take the mercy. Accept the help. <laughs> so let's ask ourselves this question. You can judge people by their outer portrayal of their self too quick before you know the backstory of what's going on. You know, there's a side to our story with our family. On, uh, I mean, they, they live with us in our home now, and they are, we didn't share some of these things for a service, so you must need to hear it, I guess. But um, it's just in the past year, two years, that all the siblings actually are willing to be in the same household together talking about her brother and sisters because of some really crazy things that happened. But God's a God of restoration. Listen, he's not just a God of restoring your pain and and healing you from your pain. He wants to get you beyond just the pain. He'll heal the pain. He'll heal the hurt and he'll help you understand it. He'll validate what you're feeling and he'll get you to where you heal. But that is never the end for God. God wants to take you beyond that place to a place where you ultimately have a purpose of goal in your life and where it does something for not just you, it begins to affect and influence those around you. Their story is influencing and affecting us around here right now. So how do we accept help? That's the big question. How do we move from identifying and getting to the place where I can come up and out? Let's use this phrase from our movie, from our clip. How do we get into the car? How am I going to get in the car? Ultimately, we'll talk about getting in the car with Jesus, but man, I might not be ready for that yet. Let me identify three steps that you can take. I think it helps us to kind of a how-to on the way out the door. (laughs) number one I think this is the toughest one being honest with yourself honesty and humility is the first step pride goes before a fall and always brings havoc with it and until we're willing to say you know what Lord I will put up my whole heart towards you today I might not be able to open it up to all the people around me or to my, the person sitting right to the, le- to the right or to the left of me, but I can open it up to God. I might have to go, you know, I'm going to trust you, God, with every area of my life, yeah. even the secret things that nobody knows about. But you can't stop there because, see, it's one thing to open it up to God and be transparent. You see, David, he was open and he was transparent, but he declared something before You see, the man that was at the uh, well at Bethesda, Jesus came back to him and said, okay, now you're healed, but you can't stay there. You got to go and sin no more. So in other words, number two, I would tell you that we have to be willing to accept responsibility. Now, here's a way of accepting responsibility. Maybe you've got a lot of actions behind you. Maybe it's affecting your marriage and where your marriage is right now. Maybe your marriage is, and again, I don't want to just focus on marriage. But maybe your marriage is like that rocky shelf and it's just a glass house and it's just one wrong step and it's about, it could crack all over again. And you're trying to walk every step as easy as you can. Let me tell you how to make sure that glass doesn't crack. You have to come to this place where you're honest with your mistakes. Where you're humble about those things. But you're going to take responsibility with it now. And you've got to say, you know what? This is what I did. This is who I was. And this is how I did it. I was the problem, maybe. You could have been the problem, maybe. Identify that. But then you've got to take responsibility for it. And move forward. I wrote some of this down. Number one thing is submitting your life to the Word. 
Allowing the Word of God to be the very thing that identifies who you are, who you're going to be, and where you're going to live. Sometimes that comes with some do's and don'ts. Sometimes that comes with, you know, even some of the, the, the things that the world kind of defines as, as sin in the Christian world. Define, to find out what those things are. Don't play ignorant anymore. Don't just go by what somebody told you. Go, the scripture's very clear in, in Ephesians and Peter. Tells us some things that, hey, these things will cause problems in your life. And then allow the word to be the thing that I take responsibility and it changes me. And I say, you know what? I'm making that mark in the sand. And then the third thing that, will, that takes you from that place where you mark it in the sand is, you know what? Accept God's mercy for your life. But then you've got to be willing to offer that mercy for someone else. You see, so many times we can get mercy for ourselves, but then we're still doing the blame game and never really releasing the other person. And, and I think I said this in first service. People out there do some heinous things to people. They, they really do. They do hurtful things. But can we come to this place? This is us. To where we won't allow the... In other words, I'm not going to be... i got to stop having that victim mentality. And move away from the victim mentality and say, that victim mentality is not going to define me anymore. You have to choose to say, you know what? This did happen to me. Well, maybe I should say it this way. That I think that's kind of incorrect. This did happen to me. I didn't choose it. But it did happen. Maybe you were the cause. But now, don't live in victim mindset. Ask for the mercy of God and offer this mercy. You see, Jack came to this place where he, he made this choice in life. He was up against the devil. And you remember the knock? I'm going to stand back because Pastor Tiffany would not go with the knock. She's going to shove the door down. But he had a choice right here. He could have opened this door, and what so many of us do, let me remind us. His wife looked right at him, and she asked him this thing. She said, she didn't ask, she told him. What did she tell him? She said, get in the car. Look at somebody say, time to get in the car. But you have a choice right there. He already shut the door once. How much easier would it have been just to shut the door again? And to leave it, and to keep trying to do it on your own. We have a famous saying around here at this church that we have allowed, enables us to make a difference on the Outer Banks. We're better together. So what Jack did is he took this place. He's at this threshold. She says, get in the car. And he was willing to cross that threshold. And that's what really begins to define who we are at Coastal Family Church. This is us. We want you to begin to see and learn, okay, what is available here at the church Maybe you are that person that we're trying to help pull you up a little bit. How are you going to do that, Pastor? How can you help me get into the car? You know, one of the things that we believe is so powerful that's happening here at Coastal on a weekly basis. We hear stories, you know, Thursday I was here kind of late at the church. And uh, Sarah Scarborough was having her small group. And I went out there and um, I smiled and I thought about all the women sitting on the couches. I thought about just about every age group, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, 50-something. 
I thought about how they were rewriting their stories together. How the younger ones were getting wisdom from the older ones. And how the older ones were being refreshed by the younger ones. And I think about what's happening here on Wednesday nights with Artie and Stephen. Spirit, soul, and body. How people are learning that they don't have to be dominated by their emotions, but they can live out of their spirit, man. Come on. I think about what happens on Friday, every other Friday night with my parents and Lynn and Theresa. How they have this thing called Friday Night Bites. They said it's fun. (laughs) Where couples are just learning to spend time with other couples. And here at Coastal, we want to let you know that you can get in the car with us. That you don't have to do life alone. That no matter what season you're in, no matter what you're going through, that there's a place for you, that you belong here. Whether you're single or divorced or a young mom or, you know, wherever you are, a couple that's young or old or whatever place in life you are, we have a place for you. We want to do life with you. We have growth track, which is an opportunity for you to come and figure out the God-given purpose on your life. So you don't just stay an attendee and take up a seat. We want you in the seat, but we want to know what goes on. We want to know what makes you tick. And we want, to, want you to know that God has a plan for your life. That he didn't just create you to breathe. He created you to have relationships with other people and make a difference in their life. So we want to invite you to get in the car here at Coastal Family Church. Not only that, we want to invite you to get in the car with Jesus Christ. Won't you stand up with me this morning? I've got one more scripture for you. The most important step you could ever make in your life. I did it. I had to. When when I say I had to, life was devastating in a way. There was some disappointment that I caused. (laughs) There was a decision that I made that could have cost my life for the rest of my life. And I think it just forced me to face off with the reality of, man, life, you know, I enjoyed life. I've always had a good life, but I made some royal choices that weren't necessarily the best. And, you know, I accepted Jesus in my life probably 10 or 15, 20 times. Spoken tongues when I was 12. And it didn't stick, I guess. I don't know. And I can honestly tell you that those moments were real. I meant what I said, but there was a day when it really became who I was. I identified with Jesus in the car with my life. And I want you to read this scripture with me. This is in Isaiah 53. And let's read this together this morning. It's out of the New Living Translation, verse 3. Will you read it with me? Here we go. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with our deepest grief. Let's do it again. Come on. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with our deepest grief. Your deepest pain, your deepest devastation, disappointment, hurt is not too big. There's nothing you could have ever done. Now, it might take a little while for people to accept you this way because we hurt people. And you got to be willing to take the time there. But if you do it alone, it'll take a lot longer, and I can't promise you that it'll work out for you. But I can promise you, if you do it with Jesus in the car with you, and if you do it with the right people around you, like Rebecca, if you do it with right people that's to your right and to your left, look at somebody and say, you're the right people. You're the right person. Somebody else and say, you're the right people. You're the right people. You're the right people. This is us. This is us. We are going to do life together. But there might be somebody here, here, everybody head bow, every eye closed this morning.